How do we create professional learning experiences that not only help us grow in what we know, but also develop our leadership capacity within our own organizations? This is a question that Lainey and I talked about in this podcast, and I really appreciate all of the work that Lainey Rall has done with professional learning, really thinking about how it can evolve in a time, especially where we're rethinking how we do learning because of the pandemic of COVID. And it was great just to chat with her. She's just a wonderful person, an amazing educator, has a lot of great insights. And as a bonus for this podcast, uh, you can actually win uh, a copy of her book. And all we have to ask you to do is just write some thoughts on your own professional learning in the comments on YouTube below. And we'll pick one person to do that. And I just wanted to kind of give you that heads up. I mentioned it, but it's a little bit later in the podcast. I was going to mention at the beginning. I totally forgot because I was just so engulfed in the conversation with Lainey. Just really awesome to talk to her. I spent a lot of time talking to her before the podcast. She's got a ton of great ideas. And part of what we talk about is this idea of learning out loud. Is actually when we learn and we share our ideas with the world, how does that not only make the world better, but also ourselves? How do we really think about what we're putting out there and what we're sharing? And we talk about this idea of the evolving learning, uh, evolving learner, professional learning, and why it's so important. I hope you enjoy this podcast. I really enjoyed my time with Lainey Rowe. Hey everyone, this is George Kroos and another episode of the Innovators Mindset Podcast. I've been having a wonderful afternoon just hanging out with Lainey Rowell, making sure I say your name right. And just an awesome educator, wonderful person. We've had so many great conversations and going to be able to talk about her book, The Evolving Learner, uh, a little bit about her podcast, Lemonade Learning. And one of the things I like about Lainey, what I've noticed right away is how incredible of a learner she is and really willing to kind of dive in some of her ideas, some of her thoughts, break them down, have really good conversations. I think that is one of the reasons I love doing this podcast so much is really not only inspiring educators, but really people that embody learning. And, you know, as the title of your book, The Evolving Learner, I think that's, uh, I think you embody that. And that's something I really appreciate about you. And it's really been awesome to connect with you, have conversations with you. Uh, we've had a couple of technical glitches and she just didn't even flinch because that's the evolving learner, right? You can, you figure this stuff out. So Lainey, thanks so much for being on the podcast. If you could just share a little bit about who you are and you know what you do in education and how you got to that point. Well, thank you. Your words were very kind and I truly appreciate being here. And uh, so I am a, an evolving learner, as you mentioned. I am an educator for 23 years, author, podcaster. Um, and what I love now in my role in education is that I get to connect with educators all over the world and learn from and with them. And it's been, I've, I've been international before pandemic, but uh, now it's a little easier and mm -hmm. less time away from my family. So pretty seeing the silver lining there, but I'm just really grateful to be able to connect with you and other educators and continue to learn. Well, your internationalist podcast coming from Canada, <laughs> right? That's international. That's international. Sure. I've even been to Edmonton before. No, you have. Why were you in Edmonton? Um, uh, speaking engagement. Yeah. Oh, I, no one asked me to speak at Edmonton. <laughs> so. oh, I was like, there you go. 
person talk in your town, George? Is that allowed? I guess. I guess. I guess. I'm just maybe it's, jealous. It's kind of a big city, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a really nice city. It's actually right now. So I'm looking out my window, and it's just snow, like more snow <laughs> than you've yeah. probably seen in a California lifetime, right? Like it's just insane. Did you actually? I, did you grow up in California? I grew up in California. I don't know snow well. No. no, we're not. We're not close. <laughs> What's funny because like I grew up in Canada. I grew up in small town Saskatchewan. Lived in Alberta and have never known a winter without like tons of snow. And I will never get used to it. I absolutely despise it. So, so I'm like very jealous of you. Hey, so Lainey, we were talking about um, your book, The Evolving Learner, and really, uh, it came out. You said like basically COVID release, right? Like it came out. It, oh yeah. That time, it dropped, right? It yeah. dropped the week of uh, stay-at-home orders, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. So, like, tell us a little bit about, like, what is that, What what's the book about? What, you know, what's kind of the idea? How, and I, actually, I'm going to hold that question. So, just tell us a little bit about the book, because I got, I got another one for you on it. Um, so, the book is, uh, I know we have some mutual friends, Katie mm. Novak, she cranks out a lot of books. Um, I I took a long time to write this book. In right. fact, this book, like the concept of it started in my brain six years ago, maybe mm-hmm. even more than that. Um, and it was just this concept of um, how do I learn as a professional? And I learned from kids, I learned from peers, and I learned from the world. And so it actually all started when Alan November asked me to keep noted his conference. And he said, will you talk about professional learning? And I'd never been asked to talk about professional mm-hmm. learning. I provided facilitated professional Mm -hmm. learning. Um, And so I really took a long time to think about like, how do I truly learn? How am I continuously learning? And so it's through those relationships with kids. It's through practices like formative assessment and making informed decisions to guide my practice um, and to help my learners and empowering kids so that it's not me that's disseminating the information. So we're all learning together. So moving from that teacher driven to that learner driven is Mm -hmm. a huge part. Um, that's a strand that runs throughout Evolving Learner because it's not just in my classroom, it's with peers too, right? Mm-hmm. Like at a school site, it shouldn't be just a principal um, talking to staff and imparting knowledge. It should be this community of learners and that's what we want. And so we see that in the world through social media and things like that. So it was really just trying to kind of, um, how do I explain how I continue to grow? Because that's a big deal to me. I want to always improve. Well, it's actually, it's interesting. The point you made is that, um, it's not just like the principal leading PD. And I think that's a really important point. And, uh, when I was a, an administrator, we actually had, uh, identified, um, four areas that we had to work on. Right. And it was based on, uh, the school district plan, uh, some of the stuff that we looked at for our own school. And I didn't decide that as a principal, I actually asked my staff like, Hey, this is, I've went through all the information. And here's um, what I found. And I did this for you, but I want feedback on it. So like, this doesn't mean that we're not doing like, like it doesn't mean that we're doing this. I wanted to kind of go and here's why I said these things. I actually listed three. I can't remember what they were. And the staff said, well, we should also work on this fourth thing. I said, okay, if that's what you want to do, right? And so what's interesting is the way we did our professional learning we had the staff. So I said, okay, tell me like what area you're super passionate about. Like which of these four are you most passionate about? And they basically designated themselves. Like I'm really into this. I'm really into this. I'm really into this. 
And then the, those groupings led the professional learning for our district. And it was really powerful because not only did they decide like what type of learning that we were doing, they measured, they gave me the measures for the effectiveness to say like, okay, hey, how do we know that this has been beneficial? Because if you're the lead on it and you're telling me this important, you understand this stuff inside out, then you should also be able to tell me how we know we're successful. I don't want to say like, hey, you're the lead, but I'm going to decide the measures, right? You're the lead. You should decide the measures. And what's interesting is not only one of the things I'm really adamant about is I don't like, I hate when educators say you can't be a prophet in your own land. It's one of my most hated statements. And it's probably actually, to be honest with you, it's one of the reasons why I'm jealous that you spoke in Edmonton and I haven't, because I've got to speak a lot of other places, right? Because I was like, why don't, you know, why went they I'm right here. I'm not saying, I mean, you obviously talk about things that are different than me. But what, what, so not only did, not only did I save a ton of money in professional learning, because we just basically did it all in house, but it was meant that people would see other staff members as experts in the, in the school. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And that was really powerful to me. And like, I know it's weird because you and I both offer professional learning. We, we work with districts and I'm not against outsiders coming in. I actually think it's really valuable to bring different perspectives into schools that might not be norm the norm, but I think it's as important, if not more so that you develop leadership in your own, on your own staff. I, what, like, what do you, like, well, you're you kind of like, say, yeah. Like, what do you think of that? Like, I don't know. Was I no, it's off? You, you like gave the perfect example. We talk about this in the book because when we were developing, you know, we didn't write the book because we had the answers. We wrote the book because we wanted the answers. So right. we're doing these deep dives and this critical thinking about like, what should this look like? And so, you know, where we landed is, well, we need to have this collective cycle of inquiry, mm-hmm. right? You identify what that is. You already did that. And then you say, okay, well, now how are we going to personalize this? How are we mm-hmm. going to get to the stuff that's going to be the most impactful for me? Because one thing, and I'm sure you've been asked to do this, countless times as of I is to go and do the one size fits all mm-hmm. sit and get, um, you know, drive by. And I don't, and I hate to sound disparaging to that. Mm-hmm. I do think there's value in bringing people in. I think it's a great way to kick off a cycle of inquiry. I think there's a lot of value in getting outside perspective, but what we know and the research is very clear, there is no ambiguity is if it isn't job embedded, if it isn't ongoing, mm-hmm. it's not going to make it into our practice. Right. That's we just know that. So, so the fact that you are building that capacity and you're you're empowering your teachers as leaders, that makes all the difference. I'm sure you saw really great results. Yeah, no, like, well, it was, so we saw there was improvement in all the areas, but I, I, I saw a lot of people leaving my school and going on to like leadership stuff and which, which is part of it too. And I remember um, we were talking about her earlier when we were talking before the conversation, my deputy superintendent one of the things that she was my principal first and she was just the best leader ever. She's incredible. Right. And what's really interesting is that people come to her school and they would either um, leave in a couple of years to go on to admin or they leave in a couple of years because they just weren't doing great. Right. And that's right. okay. Like that's, you know, people, not everyone, you know, people go into different professions and some people would stay there forever and they would just be amazing teachers. Right. So she always kind of found how to bring out the best in you. And I remember one time we were, I was sitting, so I became a principal and she's deputy superintendent. So what he said to her, um, 
like, how come everyone leaves, you know, your staff? Like, how come everyone, you know, they don't, don't want to work with you? And, and, and it was really because she's developing leadership. And she said, oh, I'd rather have an amazing teacher on my staff for two years than a terrible one for 10. <laughs> I was like, it's a pretty good answer, right? Because she saw like, hey, I know this person come here. They're going to be great. They probably want to go into admin or they want to go into like instructional leadership or something like that. Can I help them develop, you know, into that process while getting like a really good person for a couple years with my staff. Right. And it was all about, as you said, that's what she's such a master of is developing that capacity. I love that. I love that. And I think, um, we all find the, the spot that we're supposed to be in, if it is leadership or if it's right. continuing in the classroom, whatever that is. And I think, you know, it's that, that word leadership is, is a bit, um, interesting in education mm -hmm. because sometimes people think we're talking about like Principles. the, the right. principal in the room yeah. or the superintendent and yep. we're all leaders. We all have our spot. And so I love a school culture where that is nourished and it's encouraged that you have a voice and you're sharing all the good things because honestly, by default in education, teaching's siloed. It's a very kind of private thing unless you have that culture and leadership and um, peers with you that are, are help, you know, happy to learn mm -hmm. alongside you. Well, see, and so I actually, I, I totally agree with you because I very distinctive when I say admin and I say leadership, those, those, I use those words, not interchangeably. I use them in different contexts because, um, I've known principals who are not leaders and I've known teachers who are like some of the most effective people at moving others forward. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's a really important element. There's something you said, and I'm curious your thoughts on this. Cause I actually, I'm not. Okay, so I know the drive-by PD you said, right? And I'll just use that terminology because you use it. I, I think it actually can be effective if the administrators continue on. So like, for example, like the notion of a drive-by, like bringing someone in, having some ideas. Sometimes that's, that's all they're available for. Sometimes that's how their work is and they do it. But if you go there, and someone thinks that that one person is going to change the whole culture from that one hour, one, you know, couple hours, blah, blah, blah. Then of course that's not going to work. But I think that sometimes it's great to have those people, but it's like, why did you ask this person in? What are the things that you're doing and how do you back that up, you know, yep. with that work? So like, is there like, is that a distinction or am I totally off there? Do, do you know what I mean? Like, no. cause I think sometimes Absolutely. the drive by, because sometimes I think that, oh, the only way it's going to be effective if we bring this one person in, you know, six times, but we do nothing no. in between those six times. No. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So thank you for asking me to clarify that. So when I'm referring to drive by, I am referring to, um, I'll give you a very specific example. Don't assume this has happened to me, but, um, uh, Hey Lainey, our professional, and I prefer to use professional learning, but our right. PD day is February 16th. Right. Are you available? What do you want to talk about? Well, we'll figure that out. Are you available? Right. Okay. Um, so, right. so, okay. Yes, I'm available. And then we go on to talk about goals and then I, and then I go and then I leave and then they never address that topic again. Right. And it's just, totally. there's no vision. And so, you know, what the idea would be, because I really do believe it's important to have outside voices in. And I'm not just saying that because I want people to hire me to come into their schools. Like, mm -hmm. I really think you have to get outside perspective because otherwise we just know what's happening in our yep. school. So, right. so a hundred percent what you're saying, what I want to see happen is, um, if, if it's, we're going to have Georgian 
what I would love to have happen is, okay, George, before you get here, these are my coaches. Can you talk to my coaches about right. what you're going to talk about? Because when you leave, they're going to be the ones that support this. They're going to be the ones that do the coaching sessions. They're going to be the ones that co-teach with these teachers. And I need them to fully understand, to prepare, to be supportive so that it can be job embedded and ongoing after you leave. And so that's, that's what I would like to see. Yeah. So we like, sometimes, uh, same thing. I, I work with schools and I say, can I have time with your admin first? Because some of the stuff I'm going to say is super challenging and I want to have the conversation with them because what I don't want them doing is crapping on everything I said because they don't understand it because it's the first time they heard it. So if they're going to challenge it, challenge me and I want that conversation. But I think like as you're talking, the, that, that process is, okay, we have a PD day. So like, what are we going to do? Let's like bring in a speaker, right? And it's like PD filler. It's not an actual thought. And I, I don't know if any teachers appreciated this that I'm going to share. Like, let's say when I was a principal, we had a, we were supposed to have a staff meeting every uh, first Tuesday of whatever. And if we didn't have anything to talk about, I say, Hey, look, there, we got nothing to talk about. So we're not going to have a meeting. Right. Yeah. Because absolutely. you don't need a meeting just to have, say you have a meeting, which drives me insane. It's, it's one of the things that I absolutely had the hardest time, uh, being in an education system was like what like we're just meeting and we seem to be talking but we're not doing anything with the things that we're talking about and i feel like you know like i know hey let's let's talk about whether kids should wear hats or not because that's the most pressing thing in the world right so yeah and i and i get frustrated when along those lines of like don't just have a meeting to have a meeting also don't make everyone go to the meeting if it's not relevant relevant to them because having taught pretty much every grade, every age range, like I've taught kindergarten and I've taught sixth grade. What I might need as a sixth grade teacher is not necessarily the same as what I needed as a kindergarten teacher. So please do not ask me to give up my time when I could be planning for my kids or doing things to connect with families. Don't take that time away from me because it's supposed to be Tuesdays at three o'clock and it applies to the upper grade and we don't have anything else to do with the lower grade. So like, I just want people honoring each other's time. That's like super important to me. So as a strategy for this, what you're saying, and I'd love your thoughts on this. So what I would say to my staff, Hey, we got a, we have a staff day, blah, blah, blah. We're going to have a meeting at first and we're going to try to keep it under this amount of time. Are there any items that you would like to speak to at the staff meeting. Okay. So there's a very specific language, not, are there items you want added to the agenda? Are there items you wish to speak to? So part of that reason is that sometimes, uh, they, they would say like, Hey, I want you to talk about this thing. And it's something they're mad at. I'm like, well, you talk about it. Well, I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, well, then it's not that important. Right. And part of it too, is they wanted me to like, just get, like people riled up and mad about stuff. Right. And it was like, no, if you're like passionate about this, like I, you, I want you to talk about it. And sometimes they would say like, Hey, I don't feel comfortable talking about this, but here is the issue. And then I say, okay, I, I, I'll, I'll handle that. Right. We have that. But sometimes it would be like, uh, I want to talk about like grade four, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, ah, I don't think that's like a whole staff thing. Right. Okay. I think that's a really important element. And so part of that was getting people to think about what they did with that time. Because like you said, right? Like, I don't want people feeling like, 
Cause we can, you know, Hey, we're going to talk about like grade four agendas and all of a sudden 30 minutes later, you know, 95% of the group is like, why are we spending this time talking about this? This has nothing to do with us. Right. The other part too, and I, like, I'm curious what you think about this and I'm sure, I'm sure teachers will appreciate this. We would have a lot of like, we'd have full day PDs, right? And what usually was done is that this, the staff would have, before I came there as a principal, they would have a full day professional learning day. And I'm a big thing. I have a big thing on reflection, having time to do stuff, embedding time for people to do their own work. So I would just say to myself, look, we're going to, we're going to have a morning PD. And what I need is like a hundred percent commitment. Like I need you to be present. I need you to do this in the afternoon. You do whatever you need to do. If you can promise me that morning and we're like fully there, you got the rest of your afternoon. And people are like so good about it because I think it's like, we talk about some stuff and then they either go plan about it. But I like, I didn't say you need to use this afternoon for this right? It could be whatever they're working on, but I need you to be like there for that meeting. And people are like, yeah, if you can, if I get that time, I'll like, I'll be there. Cause sometimes they would just do the thing in the middle of meeting and not be there anyway. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and, and there's, there's, you know, you hit cognitive load at a certain point anyways. And I, yeah. I know that you've been asked to do this just as I have. It's like, well, this is our full day. Um, and you cost this much. And so you're going to do the six hours. And I'm like, right. but that's, not right. Like this isn't right to do to your teachers. And so, um, we need to build in a lot of time to process a lot of time to work. And I wish that we were more deliverables focused versus seat time. Like, isn't that what we want from our kids too? I I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like people, sometimes like people say to me, we want you to come in for the whole day. And then they'll say like, I want to know what we're doing. Like at one, two, I want to know this thing. And then I'm like, well, I actually kind of want to meet everybody and really develop and figure out what they need. Yeah. And then they would say, no, but I like, I really need an agenda. I'm like, okay, this is a super type A person. So I'm going to give them an agenda and then I'm going to get there. And then we're going to go based on what people need. And then, uh, they're going to be happy because their group is really happy. So like, I know sometimes I like risk it, but my job is to, is to help that staff as best. I po- and I believe that too, is that sometimes we like, I embed reflection time in there. I embed, you know, time for that space. And I, I still honor that. Hey, I was asked to be here from, you know, t- time A to time B. But I think sometimes it's like, we're just going session to session, to session, to session. And people don't even, and it's like bad high school practice. Like we're going to do a class, five minute break, new high school class, five minute break, new high school class. I'm like, we know that's not good. We, we, right. we've got to change it in high school, but you don't have, you have more flexibility in your staff days. So why are yeah. you, why are you making that same process? Absolutely. And it's really what you're doing is pretty low risk because you're going to pivot based on what you get informed by your participants, right? Like you're not going rogue as in like, oh, one o'clock George didn't do this because he didn't feel like it. It's based on the feedback you're getting you're pivoting and you're tailoring to your people. So I do the same thing. I get, I get a little like, Oh gosh, here's okay. Here's the agenda. Mm -hmm. But, um, it's not always going to be that because I will always tailor to where the group needs to go. And I'm always trying to think about how can I also spend time in groups, like where I break people into groups to get them to working with their peers, the way they really need to be working with each other. And sometimes that's similar. And sometimes that's, you know, cross grade levels and things like that. Okay. So I, I told you we were going to do this and I totally forgot. Right. And now I remembered. 
is the YouTube comment. So if you are in this podcast still and you're listening, I want you in the comments to write about like the best professional learning day and it can be short. And what we're going to do is, uh, Lainey is going to get you a, co- we're going to pick one person and we're going to get a copy of your new book, Evolving Learner. Love and we're going to send that out. And, uh, yeah, but you have to comment on YouTube. So if you're listening to this on somewhere else, just go take a time and comment. Cause like nobody ever comments. I don't think anybody listens to this podcast. It's just, I listen to just, this podcast. It's I'm just, just going to oh, be that's yeah. Thanks for commenting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and okay. thumbs up and subscribe. There we go. Say that too. So just so you know, so I'm going to like up it. You could win a book today. If you comment, please, okay? comment. please comment. So, um, yeah. Okay. You talked about your book, professional learning, evolving learner came out literally when schools are closing down. So now yes. talking about professional learning, I've seen a lot of different professional learning during COVID, uh, yes. virtually. So what's like the best advice that you give to people based on what they're doing with their own professional learning days, what that looks like? I, I was wondering if we would go this direction because I know we don't have an agenda. So I'm glad to, glad mm-hmm. to know that you're going to ask this because I do think I'm a Silver Linings person and I do think this is our opportunity to rethink what is synchronous, what is asynchronous, when, you know, how do we give as many people the opportunity to share their thinking as possible? Mm-hmm. So what what I think we all really, and I have a long history in online learning, about 15 years in online learning, 23 years in education. When COVID hit, I was really forced to kind of process, like, how can we bring these two worlds together in a very different way than online learning has been? Because historically, online learning is by choice. It's families saying, this is the best choice for me, or kids saying, this is the best choice for me. Um, and we see that some kids who thrive in face-to-face don't do as well in online and there's there's things we can do to help them and then we also see that there are some kids who were really wilting in face-to-face and they thrive in online and well why is that okay it's like oh well they they had discussion forums where they could share their thinking where they had time to process and think with empathy and be really critical about their thoughts instead of just on the fly raise their hand and and offer up their thinking so i think that what i hope is happening is really thoughtful approaches to what is happening synchronously and asynchronously. Mm-hmm. Like in my opinion, there should be pre-learning, the things we do together, and then things that we can do on our own. And so what can we be doing asynchronously ahead of professional learning where we can kind of level up so people have had a chance to at their own you know, time, place, path, you know, all this stuff get to the same place mm-hmm. so that when we get together, we've got some foundational understanding and we can really take it to the next level. That's what I would love to see. And then being super intentional and when are we saying things, you know, when are we in that synchronous? When are we in that asynchronous? How are we honoring? Um, And, and, you know, I don't necessarily, and sometimes I hesitate to say that, you know, the kids who thrive online versus on, sometimes it just depends on the day. Like I could be an introvert today and an extrovert tomorrow. Like I don't necessarily think we live in one type of this is how I like to learn. This is how I like to share. I think that can be kind of fluid. And so I just want to be really thoughtful about how we do that in a, in a way that honors everyone and how they're wanting to learn at that particular time. Well, and I appreciate that because I believe there's a overemphasis on collaboration. I know that's like a, I'm going to get killed for saying that. I don't think collaboration is bad. I think that I need time away from people. I need time. And that's in a class that's, you know, I need time to think I need time to process. Right. 
I've really kind of focused on the notion of brain writing over the last several years of like, hey, we're going to discuss a topic. I want you to kind of go away from this topic and write down your thoughts. And then we're going to come back because you need processing where a lot of people will say like, hey, here's the topic. We're going to talk about it. And on the fly, we want you to start brainstorming, throw down your ideas. And it's usually dominated by the same two people in the group every single time because people need bit different processing time. And I actually process very quickly. I, but here's, here's like a misconception. So you, you and I talk, like I write a couple notes down. If you ever see me with my pen, it's like the only time I ever use a pen. I write notes when I'm listening to guests and then I, you know, write little keywords, um, to, to post this or to like ask you questions, but I don't have questions prepared because I like the conversation and I have very quick processing time, but having quick processing time doesn't mean I have ideas that are good quickly. So even with someone who has good processing time, I, I, I still appreciate being able to walk away and think, do you know what I mean? And I think what you said, we learn in different ways. And so I think sometimes collaboration is awesome. And sometimes I need some isolation. Yeah, absolutely. Is that, or is that wrong? No, I, no, no, I completely, in fact, so for me, and this, this is probably my like online learning, blended learning experience. Like I, and and it's also, I'm very invested in inquiry-based learning. So I like that explore, Mm -hmm. that discover piece. I like that piece personally. Mm -hmm. I like that to be more independent because that really gives the space for people to process at whatever speed they need to. Again, to try and get us to kind of like, okay, we've got some common understandings here. We can dive deeper. And so for me, I actually, I'm not saying it always has to be. So hopefully I don't get slammed for this, but I prefer. Lainey said it always has to be. Thanks, thanks, George. Thanks for that. Lainey said it always Um, has to be. Every time she said. I will say, okay, so first of all, my favorite word uh, for education is equifinality. And I don't know if you're familiar with this word. I heard it from Todd Rose, equifinality. So um, we can all do different things and still get the same good results. And so this is is like the blessing and the curse of education, right? There is no one recipe. And you talk about this in your books. You know Mm -hmm. this. And so, so... I'm not going to ever speak in absolutes because Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's just, this is what works well for me. And this is what I find working well for this group of students or for this particular student. But I will say that I prefer for me, and if it doesn't work for a student, I will work with them on that. But I like to allow people to process things on their own first. That's just for me. So what's really interesting is I'm listening to you because I, I, one of the things I love about these podcasts is I start discovering some stuff because people bring in so many different perspectives, different expertise is this. I know this sounds weird. Like a lot of the people that grew up with me, uh, they're like, when did you become like smart? Like it just, <laughs> it wasn't like, I wasn't a smart kid. I wasn't, you know, but I, I tend to know, like I've learned a lot of things over time and I would actually say that once I started blogging, that totally accelerated. Now, I would I would outright say the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. Like I'm, I I know I'm not saying, hey, like I'm just a, the most intelligent person or anything like that. But I've learned a lot, and I've been able to share a lot because I've taken that time to reflect which I've never really done before. I started blogging consistently and I, I would never do that in a journal because I physically hate writing and my writing's terrible. So it's almost like that technology gave me that space to really start thinking and reflection. And 
one uh, conversation that, you know, all like, oh, the technology is like so service level. I'm like, well, maybe the way you're using it, right? right. You can use it in a very in-depth way. And one of the things that I love is this podcast. I love, we had such an awesome conversation. We talked more offline or, you know, off recording than we did, you know, during, which I loved, right? It was great. And I think that I have grown because I've had this time to just sit and talk to people. And you with Brianna Hodges have your own podcast and we're not going to talk about how you've never invited me. We're not going to talk about- I know you don't believe me, but yeah. you, well, you do I'm believe not, me. I'm on the list yeah. now because I invited you. That's probably no. one of the, yeah, or whatever. Well, ask Bree, ask Bree. I, I, I will have her validate. You've been on the list. We were, you know, we wanted to make sure enough people listened to the show before we had you on. You deserve yeah. a big audience. This is. They ask you how you are. You just have to say that you're fine when you're not really fine. You just can't. We never understand. Wow. Yeah. That soundboard is super helpful. Super helpful. Wow. Thanks for inviting me. (laughs) If you didn't want to invite me, that's fine. (laughs) Wow. Bree, where are you? Help me. Just so so you know, I got a copyright strike, but it was worth it because I played that song. It was worth it. I know that's going to get a copyright strike on my channel, but whatever. So anyways, it was worth it. So going back. I was giving you a hard time. I was giving you a hard time. I was just joking, right? Obviously, you know, I'm joking. So, I don't want to be dramatic. <laughs> That's my drama sound. So, doing the podcast, right? Getting back to the original question. Doing the podcast um, with Brianna Hodges. Like, that I find is a really great way to learn. Is a great way to grow. I, I, I know some people do it with their students. Like, they actually have student podcasts. So, what have you learned, you know, through your podcast, Lemonade Learning? So let me just tell you that I, I know you know this, that I spent six years writing that book, right. <laughs> three years with my, right. my co-authors, Christy Andre and Lauren Steinman. Shout out to them. They're amazing. Um, Wait, shout out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. My timing's off on that. Um, but so for me, it's very interesting. So you mentioned the blog and how you were able, you basically were learning out loud. And yep. so when people are, you know, and we could get into comparison hangover. I won't go there, but I, I often will go, Oh my gosh, George like blogs so much. He does this, he does it. He's with books. And I have to put that back on myself. Like he's exercising a muscle. He yep. is, is constantly processing. He's constantly thinking. So the things that he does are coming to him because he's doing it more often and it's coming to him faster. And so all that to say, like the book was six years of a highly curated, like, oh my gosh, like scrutinizing almost every word. Like how, how can I craft this to be as perfect as possible? How will it stand the test of time when it gets into print? Um, and then COVID happened and right. Bree and I are talking and I'm like, Bree, I mean, we know how to use technology. We right. know digital pedagogy. Like we know this stuff, but we're losing our minds because we're asked to reinvent this in real time with all these constraints. Um, and we can still innovate inside the box. You like what I did there, George? Um, <laughs> do I get extra points if we have the most sound effects in this episode? Yeah, I, really I think we just passed it. Okay. <laughs> so, so this thing with Brie, it was like this permission to be totally vulnerable mm-hmm. because we're like, okay, it's March, 2020. 
let's just start recording ourselves. Who knows if anyone's going to listen? There's times where I don't do a lot of post-production. I basically take it in and make sure I had a bumper at the beginning, mm -hmm. outro at the end. Is there any terrible audio because of what we're recording on? If right. so, I try and cut it. <clears throat> Very minimal editing. Um, but I get to listen to the whole thing. And the whole time I'm going like, oh, don't say anything, Don Laney. And then I'm in awe of whatever Brie and the guest uh, says. So, you know, while we're doing this right now, like I'm processing in real time. So I, I'm like trying to stay with you because yeah. how do I keep up with George? And I'm going to try to say smart things and I'm going to try and absorb everything. But I will listen to this podcast again mm -hmm. because I'll need to process it in a different way. Because right now I'm in it live and I want to be able to process it where I could pause it if I need to write things down you know, rewind it a little bit. And so for me, that's been the beauty of the podcast is like thinking out loud in real time, but then also being able to reflect and go back. And so I, I really reflect a lot on our episodes, even though they're totally unscripted and raw. Mm -hmm. I spend a good amount of time reflecting on them. So the, the term, the term you use, I like, really appreciate is the idea of learning out loud. And you're you're right like I do blog quite a bit because I'm a very reflective person and part of the reason I actually do it so openly and share my learning um, there's a really great Clive I think it's Clive Thompson uh, tweet I, I'm pretty sure I shared it in innovators mindset and it goes along the lines of like anyone can win an argument inside their head but when you have to face an audience you have to be truly convincing right Absolutely. and I think part of it too is when I blog, when I do the podcast, I do what I call 360 learning. So when I talk about 360 learning, it's the idea that when I share an idea, I wanna actually think about what is gonna be the pushback on this idea? You know, what's gonna oh. be the challenge on it? And how do I address that before it's thrown in the comments, right? So like, cool. you'll sometimes read my blogs and I'll say like, hey, this, this, and this, but I'm not saying this. And here's, and you can see there's a pattern there because I'm trying to address what I right. believe could be the argument. Now, of course, there's still arguments to some of the stuff I say is or should be, but it's actually made me more empathetic and understanding of other learners. And I think that's one of the beauties of utilizing this to do, to focus on depth of learning with technology, not learning about technology all the time. I, I love how you emphasize the empathetic, like that, I wrote that down, the 360 learning, because, um, I mean, one of the things about learning out loud is mm -hmm. really trying to see other perspectives, totally. right? Is, totally. is I could totally sit here and read every book. I could write in a journal. I could do all these things, but I'm really trying to understand where other people are coming from. Doesn't mean I always agree with them. Um, like, I'll, I, am I allowed to give a shout out to another podcast that's not education related? Yep. Okay, so shout out to Dax Shepard's Experts on Experts, Armchair Experts on Experts. Um, so, so Dax Shepard, he, he's known to Just can you do a shout out one more time? Okay, shout out to Dax Shepard, Experts on Experts. Oh, yeah! <laughs> That's Macho Man Randy Savage. That's so funny. So there's not everything he says am I going to agree with. Right. But... I love the way he is super vulnerable and learning out loud. And so he like, he's a celebrity. He has two podcast channels. One is his everything, which includes a lot of celebrities. And then he's mm -hmm. got this other channel that I listen to experts on experts where he'll get like top um, medical experts. He'll get um, writers, he'll get scientists. He'll get just like from all, you know, mm -hmm. different walks of life. And 
he just has, you know, has these very open and honest conversations with them. And I just appreciate that learning out loud. I don't have to agree with him. Um, but when I hear when he's saying something that I disagree with, I go, well, that's an interesting perspective. Right. And so I love that emphasis on empathy. I think that's really important. I think we'd all get along better if we did more of that. We would. And that, I think that to me is really trying to understand why, like, why would someone, I, I think a lot of times when we look at education and learning, there's a lot of things that we can learn for how we treat each other. Right. And it's always kind of looking for what do I agree with, with that person who disagrees with me? Where is that bridge that we can actually, you know, where we're on the same page and sometimes building from there. And actually, uh, I've, I've actually mentioned this book a million times. Uh, what I'll mention again is how to win friends and influence people, Dale Carnegie. And it kind of sounds like a salesy book, but it's really just kind of honoring people. And like it, one of the things that says like, uh, even if you win a fight, you lose. Cause like embarrassing someone else is not like, is not a win situation. Do you know what I mean? And so it's like little, it's little things like that. And it's really about bridge building and connection. And so Lainey, I, I have actually been watching the time because we talk so long and not that I want you off, but you have to pick up your children Yes. and I don't want to be in trouble for that. So I just want to say, I wanted to just take, cause I know I have at least a minute left. I just want to say it was such a pleasure to talk with you. It was great to talk to you about learning. It was great to talk to you about life. And I am really excited to see the things that you continue to do. And I'm glad that we have connected this way because now we're like besties, right? Don't oh, tell. Wait. I'm, I'm going to hold that to you, George. Don't, don't, tell, like, don't tell Katie Novak because she gets pretty jealous about that stuff because Katie Novak know, tells me I'm her best. I'm going to text her right now. Is that okay? <laughs> You can. George says we're besties. I know. Yeah. Well, can, can we be besties? You're, and my, you guys you're be... my West Coast bestie, right? She's, okay. She, well, you're, she's you're, like my, your... you're my Westie bestie. Okay, Westie bestie. I'm, not, I'm, I'm yeah. taking that to the bank. Yeah, no, it was it was awesome to chat with you. So I, I hope we get to talk more. And uh, I hope, um, remember that comment, if you want to win a book, you have to comment, yeah. right? And hopefully it's not just one person because then you win that one person. Uh, but you have to share something about professional learning that you like, and then you can win uh, Lainey's new book. But thank you so much for being on. Thanks for taking the time. And thanks for just sitting and chatting with me. Uh, it, it was awesome. I love getting to know educators from all over the world. So everyone, thanks for listening. Lainey, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you.